In this episode, you're going to learn about the importance of slowing down the sales process, why you need to stop selling and start educating, and why closing techniques don't actually help close the sale. Welcome back to another episode of the How to Sell Podcast. I'm your host, Luigi Preston Indy, and as always, I'm honored that you've decided to join us for what will be a very slow episode. And I'll tell you why we're going to talk about slow why it's a slow episode and, and the importance of slowing down the sales process. Before we get into today's episode, just want to say, as always, if you're a long-time listener, thank you very much for showing up and supporting our community. And if you're a first-time listener, thanks for showing up. We hope you take away some actionable insight that'll help you sell more. And don't forget to subscribe to any of the platforms where you listen to podcasts or click subscribe on our YouTube channel so that you can be informed when we hit live with a new episode. Now, unfortunately, I am joined this week by my co-host, Dave. Dave, welcome back to another episode. I'm I'm in the dungeon at the moment. It does. It's uh, where you belong, mate. So if you're listening to <laughs> Louise in looks like a jail cell, finally the authorities have brought yes. up him. <laughs> uh, no, it's a pleasure to be back, Louise. This is... Uh, this is a going to be a. It's a good episode because it's very counterintuitive. When we we're talking about it before yes. in the uh, record button, I was like, you know what, this is this is something that many people need to to learn and listen to because it's just something that we need to be reflective on. Uh, let, let's just get right into the crux of it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, um, obviously, as we were discussing this week's episode. There's a lot of content out there that talk about the importance of deal progression, right? The importance of building momentum in the sales process and that time kills deals. And I don't argue with any of those comments. I don't argue with the fact that momentum is critical in the sales process. And in many cases, if you look at all the data, sure, there's a lot of evidence to say time kills deals. However, there's a caveat to this. And this is what we're going to address today. Sometimes... A deal feels like it has so much momentum that the buyer is indicating they're ready to move forward. And because they're showing so much positive intent, there's a lot of positive energy. They're saying all the right things. We, from a sales perspective, think this is great. This is a short thing. I'm re- they're ready to buy. I can just get them across a quote or a proposal and, and they'll move forward. And what do we do? We send them that proposal. We skip a little bit of the the key steps in the process, thinking they're ready to buy. I'll meet them where they're at. And then all of a sudden, crickets. Yeah? Mm -hmm. We hear nothing. They start ghosting us. And you're like, how the hell did this sure thing go from, we need to get moving straight away, to I'm not hearing anything from them? And the reality, one of the key reasons this happens is because, yes, even though they are showing positive intent, Sometimes internally, they might not have determined their internal steps to get the deal across the line, right? They have been so energetic or energized and excited about moving forward internally that they haven't recognized there are some decisions that need to be made 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 before progressing, right? And this is the risk that can be associated to deals that seem like they're too good to be true. So my biggest piece of advice when we're looking at momentum in the sales process is even when you have somebody that's barreling down, storming to that that point of decision, 
it's critical to still ask some key questions to determine how they thought about the potential gates they need to get through or that or, or, or hoops they need to you know work through yeah have they considered the impact of not getting internal stakeholders on board because if you don't do that then your deal is essentially is going to have red flags all over it and this is really hard right like it seems so simple and easy you know we've been victim of it ourselves going you know we tickle the boxes yep. they need this without this it's like what are you going to do to grow and mm-hmm. we've done it with a friendly even when we were like best friends with this particular prospect and we skipped a couple of steps and still got paused to the point where we probably lost yeah. the deal right so it's critical no matter how good the relationship is how fast it's moving don't mess up your process um you know you, you get yeah. those those buttery flies in your belly going i'm going to win this deal it's going to be a quick yeah. win i'm going to look like a hero but the reverse can happen quite quickly like you mentioned absolutely you know i've got this at the moment with that with the deal that i'm working on right now dave like the momentum around this if we look at the average sales cycle for for this particular product industry average is about 60 to 90 days i've been i've been quite lucky to close them under 30. this particular one was incredibly fast probably half that time and i fell victim to that as well i went along with it the energy was there but then a conversation yesterday kind of revealed that hang on a second this isn't at a point of signature now because there's another stakeholder that made a comment to this person that's created a bit of anxiety right and again we this is the why we simply cannot use hope as a strategy and hope that our prospect will hope that our buyer doesn't have any last minute concerns or last minute conversations with their internal team that'll create any anxiety or concerns so that's why it's important that even when a deal seems like it's progressing super fast there has to be a moment of would it be okay if i just ask a couple of questions to ensure i'm going to give you the right information how you achieve this outcome right understanding you have quite a short time frame to execute so you're not challenging their thinking you're not telling them hey stop what you're doing you're going around you're going about this wrong right you never want to tell your prospect that yeah it's about understanding where they're at accepting where they're at mirroring where they're at and saying hey really excited i can see that you've got a lot happening and you're trying to push this forward very quickly just before we we, we share that information with you or just before we move to the next step do you mind if i just ask a couple of questions and what you're doing there dave is you're seeking permission to ask some questions to get that understanding and potentially you'll ask some questions and say you know you've asked some questions about some of their internal buying processes internal stakeholders some of the risks whatever questions you ask and they might say tick 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 Hmm. and then in your mind you're like actually you know what they are very well progressed now they've got everything in in place They've, they've, they've got the internal project team already ticked off um so they're really at not the awareness or consideration they're really at the action stage right so it's just critical to be thinking and because if you don't you won't go well i don't want to stop the sales process i don't want to slow it down but it could slow itself down when it gets to that final step and they put the handbrake on yeah 
Have you ever wondered how fast-growing companies 2, 3, and even 10x their annual revenue? They have something more than just a sales plan. They have a sales operating system that is the engine that drives the revenue function for their business. If you need more qualified leads, if you're struggling to nurture deals, if you need to close more deals faster, or even if you need to hire A-plus salespeople, click the link in this podcast episode or visit growforum.io forward slash apply to have a chat with Luigi and myself to see how we can help you. Now back to the show. Let me further reverse at you. What if a client is dictating the pace rather than you assuming the pace, right? If they're saying, look, I'm ready to go, um, send me the contract. Do you skip the process then or do you still try and push them through the right you know, steps to get there? Because that could be challenging. Yeah, you know, and again, I, I, I've been there, Dave. I've been there multiple times. And have I, have I, have I responded? and said, sure, I'll send you the contract. Yes. Have I had contracts signed? Yes. However, again, I've got to set the caveat on this, right? Because if I look at the, you know, all the opportunities that have, that, have, that have pushed to that point, the majority haven't signed, yeah? If the majority had signed, I wouldn't be sitting here saying, hey, scroll it down, ask the questions, add, add a step to the process. But the reality is it's the flip side. It's, it's the opposite. Deals often slow down because of the fact there's some information that's lacking from the internal stakeholders. Now, I think the other thing that we need to take into consideration here, you've got to split this. If it's a small, medium business with one or two stakeholders, they behave very differently to a mid-market enterprise based opportunity, right? So if you're dealing with a company that has nine to 20 stakeholders, you have to kind of anticipate that, you know what, doesn't matter how fast they're pushing, we've got to think about there's more than one stakeholder here involved in the decision-making process. The one to two, that actually can lead to a decision very quickly, right? And you can go with that momentum. But I still would always add that step in to seek understanding of any of the information gaps that they might have. And actually, you know, I like to use the language like typically and say, hey, typically when somebody is in your position trying to progress this fast, um, what happens is they, this, this information is requested at this stage. Has this been considered? Have you considered this? No. Okay, great. Would it make sense if I maybe share this with you so you can get an understanding of that? So we don't have to deal with this then, yeah? So again, for me, this is why the next sort of key takeaway I want you listening to this to really walk away with is the education piece, is consider how many times you help somebody through the sales process. You know what level of education your buyer and the buying community requires to get to that point of decision. So this is where the power of collaboration really kicks in. Start to share that with them. Start to share and say, hey, I'm not sure if you've considered this, but here are some FAQs that often um, come up from the buying committee at this step, right? Start to share that with them. Start to share other information. Like think about the information gap that supports the buying process. For me, this is where selling is really starting to evolve, Dave, and we've got to be thinking 
as sales professionals, we've got to thinking, take our think our sales cap off and we've got to put our education cap on. Right? Yeah. Because that's what it, great Great sellers educate their buyers through each step. They give them the information so they're feeling confident to progress with each step, right? And objections become a barrier when people want to buy, but they are lacking a certain amount of information to help them take that next step, right? So the information gap can be a key barrier. Before you know these are the information pieces they need, that's where the questions that you ask before sending the contract, just to set, sort of like a checklist, have they got this? And if they haven't, there's an opportunity, right, to be proactive and start to share that with them. Now, one thing you've done well is build this whole process into the CRM, right? So in the, when we mean mm. the CRM, it's a customer relationship management tool. If you're selling, you need to have one. If you don't definitely get one uh that should be your first action point after listening to this but if you're one of those aggressive sellers or you have a team of aggressive sellers set up your crm that pushes them to actually go through the steps and what i mean by that is that most of the systems now force you to push your deal through every stage of the buying process you can't you can't just skip or if you can't allow that then make it that anytime a deal has to be moved it needs approval this helps slows the deal down. This forces you to yeah. slow the deal down until the habit is built. Because Absolutely. unless you know what's happening or you could control it, it can be one of those things where you're losing deals and you're not sure why um, until you dig into the data, which you may not do until 60, 90 days, and you've just lost on opportunities that you could have easily won if the team or if you followed that process. Yeah, absolutely. And you're all right, Dave, and this is why it's critical and it's not about adding a laborious step to the sales process so that it becomes more admin heavy with the gates in the sales process. For me, I have a different thought pattern around this. I don't see it as an admin step. I see it as a considered step. It just reminds me, have I done this? And if I haven't, and I am going to push this through, am I okay with the risk associated with this step? Yeah. Because if I'm okay with the risk and I've assessed the risk and I thought, you know what, I, I'm i going to push it anyway because I, I don't believe this is a risk, that's okay. But just be mindful if the deal does fall over at the last the last stage of the process, it's why the, the power of reflection kicks in. You've mm-hmm. got to go back and, and leave your ego at the door and ask yourself, by me skipping this, did that impact X, right? So... I know that we've covered a lot of things in today's episode, but this is, there are, there are key takeaways from this episode that I just want to re- highlight again. And then I want to talk about why closing techniques don't work anymore, right? Some of the key things I want to highlight is doesn't matter how fast the deal is progressing, it's critical to assess the level of information the buyer or the buying committee has to determine are there any red flags that could stop this deal, right? That's key. Second thing, think about the sales process, not as a process, but as an education step. That each stage of that process is about embedding key pieces of information that can educate the buyer. And I'm not just talking about education around product 
the features. I'm talking about education, about where they're at in the journey, what could give them confidence, what are some of their challenges, what are some of the concerns, what are what are some of the questions that are being asked from the internal team. Because if you can facilitate that education as part of the process, what you're doing is you're enabling the buyer to confidently move to that point of decision. And the third key takeaway is all about closing. And there are some great techniques out there that you can Google, you can go to ChatGPT and say, list out some great closing techniques and it'll give you a whole bunch of closing techniques. But the best technique that you can use is just give a, a great experience, mm. have a, a strong level of information to the buyer and have a compelling business case where they can weigh up does this investment for us make sense and will we get a return on investment and have a positive impact to our business, right? And if you're able to build that as part of the process, there is no need to put a closing technique into the process, yeah? Because what you're doing is you're saying, based on what we've learned, based on what you're trying to achieve, this is the roadmap that will help you get there. These are all the things that you've considered. These are all the things that you've put in place to mitigate some of that risk to reduce the pain of change and ensure you can actually achieve these outcomes. If you're ticking those those boxes and you're facilitating that holistic process, there is no need to put a closing technique, right? There's no need to give them that option close and, you know, give them that manipulative close around, hey, you know, if we don't sign this month, the price is gone, right? And all that crap. It's just a matter of just sharing with them and saying, this is the business case are we okay to proceed? A lot of that is a symptom of having a thin pipeline, right? Because you don't have enough deals in your Absolutely, pipeline. Absolutely, because you try to rush That's it. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so, and, and, and look, have I used closing techniques in the past? Absolutely, right? And do I advocate to give certain people options? I absolutely do. But the closing technique is not what drives the decision. The business case that experience and the value that's built into the business case, it's what's going to drive the decision. Yeah. If your only hook is a technique to trigger that emotional decision, it's not enough because they'll relapse and they'll get to a point of, this is not strong enough for me. I have buyer's remorse. I don't want to do this. Right. And then I'll start ghosting you. Mm. For the business case, is what's critical and the value that's embedded into that business case that you've collaborated on to determine, yes, this is absolutely something of value that we want to execute on. 